Hello, and welcome to this episode of Your Care, Your Rights, Your Voice. I'm Marie Painter, and today we're going to talk about Mental Health Awareness Month. Yep, that's what May is, Mental Health Awareness Month, and we want to make sure that we offer people information and support about how to achieve mental wellness. You know, we've, we've heard a lot about mental health over the past couple of years, um, so, you know, why has there been such a focus on it? Well, I think it's because we've realized that it's something that everyone faces and everyone has to deal with at some point in their life. The only difference is that some people face it more often and need more assistance than others and sometimes need more assistance or support to um, move on or to get to the next phase in their in their wellness and addressing their health concerns. So how do we destigmatize it? Because we know that there's been a lot of stigma around reaching out, getting help. And we've seen over the past few years how important it is to really feel supported. I think it's really based on how we share and sharing our individual experiences related to times when maybe we felt we needed support, where we felt we received it, and if it was appropriate. Allowing others to be vulnerable and for us to be vulnerable ourselves and talk about what it felt like when you were supported in a way that made it a little bit easier for you and helped you deal with what you were facing and maybe some of those coping skills that others might not have or that you've learned from. I also believe it's important that we as a community embrace and support the idea of allowing individuals to live in the least restrictive environment. So not everybody knows what least restrictive environment means. Um, when I think back to 50 years ago, if someone had an identified um, mental health concern or talked about their mental wellness and what they were trying to achieve, they often would feel that they were at risk of being institutionalized or put in the hospital. And I think we've come a long way, but I think there's still a long way to go. Yes, even individuals who have recurring issues related to their stability of their mental wellness, I believe should have the opportunity to live in a setting where they have as much autonomy and control over their lives as possible. I think we really need to help people understand that it's not something that is just treated and goes away. That in fact, this is like other health conditions. Um, it can be cyclical and individuals may need additional treatments or time in a setting where they can receive additional supports or intensive treatment for support. But that doesn't mean they can't live in and have a successful and productive life outside of a setting that is restrictive they can be in a less restrictive environment and be contributing members to our community at large. For example, if someone is in a nursing home, they may be there, receive the treatment that they need, um, and then wanna transition back to the community. So it's really important that they understand that they have the right to have an assessment. Here in Connecticut, they can reach out to Money Follows the Person, and there are waiver programs that might be able to support them, whether it be a mental health waiver or a waiver that provides other hands-on supports and then lessens the stress that they were experiencing in the community. I think with other illnesses, sometimes we become champions for people. If someone has a cardiac issue or even cancer, if that issue 
comes back and the person is dealing with it a second or a third time, we get behind them and rally and support them to face it, to receive their treatment and to move forward and get back to the community as soon as possible, hoping that they're well and that they're on the other side of it. I don't always see our community doing that as often for individuals who face uh, mental health concerns. Many times we'll hear, well, they've been in the community, they didn't find success in that, and so now they need to stay in a nursing home or other long-term care setting long-term. I'm, I'm challenged by that because I believe that everyone deserves as much support um, and that ability to champion them to live in an environment where they have the best quality of life and the most autonomy and choice. Having said that, when you are in a nursing home, it does mean that you will receive regular assessments from the nursing home and they're gonna be looking at your overall well-being. If there's concerns related to your mental health or mental wellness, and those are identified by the assessment, your care team will make a referral to someone from their mental health support services. At that point, a professional from this group will reach out to you or your responsible party and ask if they can discuss with you how you're feeling. And if you've ever had feelings like this in the past, they may also ask how you've dealt with concerns in the past. And have you ever historically been on medications, received treatment from a provider? And if you have, were they successful or what were those medications? How can this person best support you during this period of time um, to help you see success in the end and feel your best and have the best quality of life? This provider may recommend talk therapy, alternative treatments, or even medications to help you reach your goals. It is important that you ask lots of questions and gain an understanding as to why they feel this is an appropriate path for you. Ensure that you're well informed about the course of treatment and what to expect. If you're not comfortable with the medication or treatment that they're suggesting, you have the right to say no thank you or ask for an alternative treatment plan. If you are comfortable with their recommendation, it's important to communicate with your medical provider about how you're feeling when moving forward with the treatment plan. You're going to wanna to talk to them about the benefits that you found, as well as any side effects that you think are associated with the course of treatment. It may require blood work for some medications and they will set that up for you. If you have questions or concerns related to a medication or a treatment and you don't feel that you're receiving the information from your provider or access to them, you're always welcome to call us at the Connecticut Long-Term Care Ombudsman Program for support. A regional ombudsman can attend a care plan meeting or a meeting with you while you speak to your care provider. This way we can ensure that you're fully informed and that you understand what your choices are related to the suggested course of treatment. I think we've learned a great deal over the past few years about just how important it is that individuals feel supported related to their mental wellness. And it's something that everyone across our country struggles with from time to time. It's important that we support each other and are aware of the resources in our own communities. Here in Connecticut, we have local mental health authorities as well as the Department of Mental Health and Addiction Services. To find out about support in your local area, for crisis support, you can call 1-800-467-3135 or 211. 
the operator at 211 will listen to the concerns that you have and help connect you to the best professional that you need at this time. For more places that connect you to services in your local area, you can also go to myplacect.org. General calls can also go to 211 if you're just wondering about your local mental health authority or how to connect to a service in your area. If you are living in a long-term care community or nursing home as a resident or have a family member, or even if you're a staff member, you can also find information on the Long-Term Care Ombudsman website here in Connecticut. We have trainings related to trauma-informed care during COVID-19. This training really helps individuals look at the impact pandemic has had on them and their ability to cope as well as strategies to help them maintain their mental wellness. We know that this has had an impact on everyone and that putting this training out might give some individuals a little bit of the support in the areas where they're struggling. We also know that depending on your cultural background or even your upbringing, you may have different feelings or bias about mental health and reaching out for assistance. Receiving care in a long-term care community might have caused you some anxiety or frustration, whether it be due to the pandemic or just not having the level of control maybe you were used to in the community. So we also have a training on our website, Fostering Cultural Inclusion in Long-Term Care Communities. This is a seven series dialogue that we funded and I think came out fantastic. It spoke to many of the issues and concerns we are trying to address in a way that I think can really help people. It offers strategies and ideas related to how we think about mental health, some approaches, or even something that may have happened that you can address in a different way and potentially move forward, finding a positive outcome. So I just want to wind up by saying to achieve mental wellness and address mental health concerns, please know it's something that everyone is working on. And I hope maybe it'll, you'll take this opportunity to reach out to someone if you're in need of support or be that someone that others can reach out to. Thank you for joining me today for this edition of Your Care, Your Rights, Your Voice. Please join me for future episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts.